Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, listeners. If you'd like to support Luke's English Podcast, you can do two things. One of them is to make a donation, and you'll find uh, PayPal donate buttons on my website. The other thing that you could do is take advantage of the offer from Audible. Uh, They sponsor my podcast, and um, Audible basically are offering all of my listeners the chance to download a free audiobook. And they have loads and loads and loads of titles to choose from. If you'd like to download a free audiobook from Audible, just go to teacherluke.co.uk forward slash audible. Okay, teacherluke.co.uk forward slash audible. And you can sign up to a 30-day trial. And that includes a free audiobook download. Okay, right. Now, let's get started. Here's a new episode for you. And here we go. It's going to start any minute now, as soon as I finish this introduction bit. Okay, so here it is. Start the jingle. Go. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. I hope that you're well. I hope you're fine. I hope that uh, the weather is fine wherever you are. Um, it's very nice here. It's it's kind of uh, the first week of December, but um, we've got a lovely blue sky today. And uh, it's kind of late in the afternoon while I'm recording this. And uh, the sun is going down. I can see it in the distance there. And it's creating a nice kind of early sunset type effect. Beautiful golden light um, that I can see out of my window here uh, in the capital of France because I live in Paris and I'm lucky enough to have a bit of a view, so I can look out at the at the view, and I can see the sun going down. It's very nice, in fact, and it's not too cold today. So how is it where you are? Um, I know that I have listeners all over the world, and so you're probably listening in various different situations. Uh, some of you are probably freezing cold right now, because it's probably you know below zero out there for some of you. Others, you'll be basking in warm sunshine and very nice uh, sunny conditions. I wonder... Um, anyway, welcome to the podcast. If you're new to the podcast, this is a, a podcast for learning English, and I've been going for about six years. And uh, I mean, just listen to the other episodes to find out more, basically. If you're not new, then welcome back. It's nice to have you with me again. Um, let me tell you about the top 10 countries um, for this week. These are the countries in which my podcast has been downloaded the most uh, in the last seven days, okay? Um, So we start um, in 10th position, Germany. Okay, Germany is still there in the top 10. In 9th position, the United States of America, um, who, um, although they do speak English, obviously some of them still want to learn the British English. But I think, I wonder how many people are listening to Luke's English podcast using proxy servers in the United States. I think some of you sort of access my my RSS feed using proxy servers in the in the United States. I don't really know, but uh, I do have listeners in the States. If you're from the USA, get in touch. I want to know who you are, and I want to know uh, why you're listening to Luke's English podcast when English is probably already your first language. You might be thinking, well, it's because American English is... It's just, it's some sort of distortion of English. Well, I don't agree with that. I'm curious to know why... Uh, 
why the Yanks are listening to Luke's English podcast. And I say that in uh, in the nicest possible way. Um, eighth position, we have Italy. Hello, Italy. Ciao. Um, I understand that ciao means hello and it means goodbye. Does that ever get confusing? I, I wonder. Um, South Korea are in seventh place. Now, I would say hello to you, uh, South Korea, but I'm afraid I can't do it. But my computer can speak Korean. So this is my computer saying hello to you. 안녕하세요. Okay, Annyeong Enseo. Annyeonghaseyo. Yeah, I'm sorry. I need some Korean lessons before I can say that. Annyeonghaseyo. Annyeonghaseyo. <laughs> sorry. That's not good enough, is it? Anyway, hello, Korea. I hope you're doing all right. I hope you're doing well. Uh, you are in 10th, 9th, 8th, 7th position. 6th position, we have Poland. Always a strong... Um, sort of always a strong audience there in Poland for Luke's English podcast. In fifth place, we have China. China have dropped down from third place. They were in third place last time, but uh, currently in fifth place. Um, fourth place, the United Kingdom, um, because obviously uh, the Queen and all of her staff listen to Luke's English podcast on a regular basis. Um, but uh, I'm sure there are lots of other people in the UK, including, I expect, people learning English either living in the UK and working there or just travelling to the UK in or in some sort of bid to improve their English. You may have found out about Luke's English podcast from your teacher or from other students in your language school or something like that. I hope you're enjoying life in the UK at the moment. In third place, we have Spain. Uh, Hola, como estas? Donde están los sombreros? I've been through that before. Can someone please tell me where the hats are? Because I don't know why I need to know that, but apparently I do. Um, Hello, Spain. And this is a surprise, uh, actually, now, because in second place, we have Russia. Russia have dropped down from from the number one position, and they are in second place this week. Come on, Russia. Come on, don't let the side down. What's been going on? You haven't been listening to me as much, or at least maybe you have been listening to me as much as you normally do. But um, apparently Japan are surging forwards now with um, with the most listens uh, in the last seven days. Uh, Japan are the, are the top country this week. Well done, Japan. You've you've taken first place away from Russia. So there's there's a little um, indication of the countries where I'm being listened to. There are many, many other countries too, but uh, they're not in the top 10. Okay, so uh, hello to all of you out there. Um, I would just like to say to you, um, uh, if you've already sent me photographs, um, then thank you. I'm talking about the Luke's English Podcast photo competition, which I launched in episode 313. Um, so if you don't know about the photo competition, I suggest you listen to episode 313 because I will explain everything for you there. Um, in a nutshell, um, I've invited my listeners my listeners to send me photographs. And what I'm looking for is pictures of the environment that you're in when you listen to Luke's English Podcast. So what, where are you? What can you see? Uh, take a picture of that. Um, at that moment and send it to me. Um, The only requirement or the only rule in the competition is that you include some element in the picture that shows that you're listening. So it could be just a pair of headphones uh, or it could be uh, a device like a computer or laptop or, you know, uh, an iPad or something with the logo on it. Um, just some indication that you're listening to the podcast and some um, something that shows the environment that you're listening in, okay? Uh, some people have sent me selfies with their headphones on. Other people have just sent me sort of pictures of views out of the bus window. Um, other people have sent me more, more, um, more original stuff like 
Um, I've had pictures of pets. I've had pictures of babies. I've had pictures of the working environment that you're in, including some works of art that people are... Someone sent me a painting that they're working on. They didn't actually send me the painting, of course. They just sent me a picture of the painting. Uh, But it's interesting to see the different situations that you're in. And also, it's kind of cool to see the way in which... uh, um, uh, there are just these different environments around the world in which I'm being listened to. So send me your photos, uh, podcastcomp at gmail.com. That's the email address, podcastcomp at gmail.com. And as, as I said, go back to episode 313 if you want to know all of the other details. Thank you also if you um, recently um, completed a survey that I asked you to complete. That was in the last episode, number 315. I asked you to complete a survey about business English um, because I'm looking into ways of um, developing some business English teaching content, which I will launch online at some point. And I'm in the planning stage at the moment. And uh, I just want to know some of the things that you would like to uh, learn about business English. And if you want to complete that survey. It's very simple. It's just a quick question saying, uh, what would you like to know about business English? And uh, some of the answers I've already received are things like, I would like to know about blah, blah, blah. I'd like to know about how to um, chair a meeting, or I would like to know about how to speak on the telephone more confidently, those kinds of things. Um, If you'd like to take the survey, uh, you can do that on the website. Um, Just find the button in the menu that says contact and uh, just hover the mouse over the, the word contact and you'll get a little menu that will come down and you can find the uh, words business English survey and just click that and, and Bob's your uncle. Otherwise, episode 315, just find the page for that and you'll see the survey there as well. It's not as difficult as it seems. It's, it's actually very simple. Go to the website, hover the mouse over the word contact, click on business English survey. That's it. Okay. Um... Also, another thing, I would just like to recommend that you subscribe to um, Luke's English Podcast's um, email list um, by going to the website and just find on the right-hand side near the top, there's a little field that says subscribe by email. Put your email address in there and subscribe and then confirm the email that you get in your inbox. That's the best way to get... um, um, all of the show notes, like the transcripts and other notes and vocabulary notes and stuff that uh, I uh, produce along with the audio for these episodes. So you might be subscribed to the audio RSS feed by uh, using iTunes or some other service. You can also get all of the notes delivered to your inbox um, whenever I upload a new episode. Just go to teacherluke.co.uk and in the right on the right hand side, sort of. Below the picture of below the the picture with the logo in it, you'll see it says subscribe by email. Enter your email address there, and uh, Bob's your uncle. Okay, um, and if you do that, then you will get an email as soon as I publish a new episode. And if you do that, then it's like being a sort of VIP member of Luke's English Podcast because um, you'll be the you'll be one of the first people to actually listen to new content. So. Email subscribers are like VIP members because you just you're the first to know when new stuff is available. And so you might even be the first people to listen to new episodes. That's cool. Also, you can just easily find the page for the episode where you will see notes, transcripts, videos and other content that will help to support you while you're listening uh, to Luke's English podcast, okay? Right. Um so 
let's uh, let's let's start talking about this episode of the podcast. So this one is entitled uh, episode three hundred and sixteen, British comedy Tim Vine Part Two. So basically, more Tim Vine for you in this episode. Um, in episode three hundred and thirteen, which was called British comedy Tim Vine, uh, that was the first part. In that episode, I played you part of a 10-minute stand-up routine by Tim Vine, who is a much-loved British stand-up comedian who specialises in telling one-liners. Those are very short jokes, which usually involve some kind of word play. I played you three minutes of Tim's routine. I expect that you didn't get all the jokes the first time round, but then I explained them all for you. And I expect that you still didn't find them all particularly funny, because, as we know, explaining a joke... And explaining all of the details of a joke often kills the humour of the joke. But at least you learned a lot of language in the process. Um, As I've said um, before, um, well, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It is difficult to understand jokes in another language. You might go to a comedy show or watch comedy on TV and everyone else is laughing but you're the only one who's got no clue what's going on. Uh, This is because there is a linguistic and cultural gap between you and everyone else who gets the jokes, okay? So there's this this cultural and linguistic gap which is causing you to not quite get it at the same speed as everyone else. Um, Maybe it's difficult for you to hear exactly what has been said because the lines of a joke are are usually delivered very quickly and with naturalistic speech patterns. So that might make it harder for you to just at least understand what's being said. But also, even if you do understand the words immediately, there's the general cultural difference, um, which includes certain reference points, but also just the general mindset of British humour and British people. Um, and that cultural difference can also just make it difficult for you to immediately find it funny. Uh, so cultural differences might be, for example, the fact that we enjoy laughing at ourselves in the UK and we also enjoy the ironic fun of self-consciously bad jokes. Okay, So those cultural things also might be a barrier that stop you from sort of experiencing the joy and pleasure, the kind of um, very immediate joy and pleasure of a stand-up routine, okay? So I'm interested on Luke's English Podcast, I'm very interested in closing that linguistic and cultural gap because I think that it's in that gap. That's the that's the sort of, um, that's the sweet spot in terms of learning English because um, if, if you don't find the jokes funny, let's work on identifying those reasons. And as I said, they're linguistic or cultural. Let's look at that gap and try and make that gap shorter. Let's try and close the linguistic and cultural gap, okay? That's what I'm interested in doing in Luke's English podcast in many of my episodes. Closing the linguistic the linguistic and cultural gap between you and the jokes so that you can enjoy it more. And the result, I hope, will be that you will learn some key bits of language and culture and then you will be a few steps closer to understanding natural British English like a native speaker does. Okay, um, and also on the the cherry on the top is that hopefully you will find some of it funny in the process too. And what is wrong with that? Absolutely nothing. Um, in episode three hundred and thirteen, part one of this, I promised that I would play you all of Tim Vine's routine and explain it all. Um, in fact, I only managed to get through three minutes in that episode. 
Uh, you might be wondering, what about the rest of Tim Vine's routine, you might be thinking. Uh, I want to understand that too. Well, that's what I'm going to do in this episode. In fact, I had one Japanese listener in particular who was very keen to hear me explain the rest of this routine. Um, and I'm sorry, listener, I can't remember your name or how you got in touch with me. Um, it could have been an email, a Facebook message, a comment on the website, a tweet or or some other way. I don't know. I can't remember how you contacted me. Um, because it's very difficult to keep up with all of the different ways that people contact me sometimes. Um, so if you didn't get a reply, Japanese listener whose name I can't remember, if you didn't get a reply, then I'm really sorry. Um, my email address and, and my other inboxes are often completely swamped by different notifications and messages and stuff. I do read everything. Um, I read all the messages that I get, but then I don't always get the chance to immediately respond. And if I don't respond immediately, then the message just kind of gets lost in my inbox and ultimately might be forgotten about. So I'm sorry if, if any of you have, have contacted me and haven't received a reply from me. I'm very sorry if that's been the case. Um, but I do read all of your messages. I just don't get the chance to reply to every single one of them. Um, anyway, this particular listener who contacted me about episode 313 was so desperate, or it seemed to be quite desperate to understand the rest of Tim Vine's routine. The message was something like this. It said, I really liked your episode about Tim Vine because I didn't understand anything he said and then you clarified it for me and I felt like I learned a lot. And um, I watched the video, but there was loads of stuff that you didn't explain and I thought that you would explain all of it. So I'm really holding out for... Um, I'm holding out for more explanations of the rest of the video. Um, so that's what you're going to get, actually, in this one. I'm just going to go through the rest of it, okay? Bear in mind that there are some visual jokes in the routine, which I'm going to play for you in a few moments. Um, so you'll have to watch the video to really get them. And the video will be, again, available on the page for this episode. Just go to teacherluke.co.uk, find episode 316, and you will you'll be able to see a video of this um, this routine by Tim Vine. So I suggest you watch the video so that you understand the visual gags that he's doing as well. Um, I'll explain it all for you step by step in just a moment. Uh, this routine is about ten minutes in total. Um, we're going to start by listening to the first three minutes again. That's the three minutes I played to you in episode three one three. So we'll listen to that again, which should work as a reminder of what you heard before. It could be nice, a nice little memory uh, boost just to kind of uh, help you get back into it and remember the things that I taught you before. And then I will play you the next three minutes of Tim Vine's routine. Uh, and then I'll pause it and explain everything before letting you hear the remainder of the routine again with my explanations. Okay, got it? Right, so let's go. And remember, if you don't understand anything, that's okay. Just hang in there because all will be explained in the fullness of time. Um, so let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome onto the stage again, the one and only Mr. Tim Vine. Let's hear it for Tim Vine, everybody. Okay, take it away, Tim. Let's hear it for my internal organs. said to me, he said, I'm going to dress up as a small island off the coast of Italy. I said, don't be so silly. <laughs> I think a parachute jump was the scariest thing that I have ever, ever refused to do. 
actually, I did once do a parachute jump, and of course, they attach you to the instructor, don't they? And you jump out together. So I was in this aeroplane, they attached me to this bloke, and we jumped out, and it was really frightening, because halfway down, he said, how long have you been an instructor? <laughs> but we've all heard the theory that people look like they're pets. Well, tonight, I'm going to test that theory out. You, sir, have you got a llama? <laughs> Just so you know, whoever's sitting there, I always say, have you got a llama? <laughs> I just got lucky tonight. <laughs> so I went to Sooty's Barbecue and I had a sweepstake. <laughs> and I met the man who invented windowsills. What a ledge. <laughs> and this antique dealer came up to me. He said, what do you think of the Chinese dynasty? I said, it was very badly dubbed. I said, I'm going to open a shop in Saudi Arabia. He said, Dubai. I said, yes, Ansel. <laughs> but you know, my grandfather was a very controversial artist. Yeah, he designed the lions in Trafalgar Square. It doesn't sound very cutting edge, but at the time, that really put the cat amongst the pigeons. <laughs> so I said to this New Zealand bloke, I said, I'm going to a Swedish furniture shop. He said, does it look like Ikea? <laughs> I said, I'm going to buy some furniture polish. He said, pledge. I said, I'll give you my word. <laughs> but you're probably all thinking to yourself, this is all very well, but when do we get to sing with you, Tim? Well, the answer is now. I'm actually totally deaf. I never thought I'd hear myself say that. <laughs> this song is called Subtraction. Take it away. <laughs> Hit the music, please. I already know the one dance. It's easy. 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 Blah, that's bang out of order. I don't know, I'll put myself through this. <laughs> Hello, my name's Bruce Willis, and I was in a Die Hard film, and I used to shoot at people, and people shoot back at me. Yes, I'm Bruce Willis. I'm, I was in Sixth Sense. I'm a film star. I'm Bruce Willis. Sorry, I think I may have given you the wrong impression. <laughs> shop. I tell you what, they saw me coming. <laughs> of course, binoculars is plural, and a singular is telescope. <laughs> but I love language. This bloke said to me, he said, does every sentence have to contain a vegetable? I said, not necessarily. <laughs> and then there's words. The word mortar has two different meanings, as I discovered when the house I built blew itself up. <laughs> so I went down to a local pub. Do you like local jokes? Yeah, me too. They're right up my street. <laughs> I walked in, there's a very drunk man slumped in a chair and he looked at me, he said, he said, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a comedian. He said, I admire anyone who can stand up. 
I said, I bet you can't name a single subject I don't have a joke about. He said, beavers. I said, damn. <laughs> Do you know, I did a gig the other day. It went really badly. And, um, yeah, cheers. And, uh, I walked off stage. All I could hear was the sound of one person clapping. And then I remembered I was wearing flip-flops. <laughs> Didn't make sense. The night before, I did a gig to a whole load of reindeers. Slayed them. <laughs> That move improves the joke, that does. <laughs> Doesn't work with all of them. But you know, the first job I ever had in this business, I was playing the back half of a pantomime wasp. And uh, I thought I was the bee's knees. <laughs> Do you know, the other day I got lost in the jungle. Luckily I had a compass with me, so I was able to draw perfect circles with a pencil. <laughs> a small blue garden bird made of mahogany. Be great if I had a related joke. Wouldn't it? <laughs> Hit the music, please. <laughs> Waiting can sometimes be lots of fun. Okay, all right. So now I have to explain all of that, don't I? Yeah, all right. I don't know why I put myself through this sometimes. All right, then. There you go. Tim, that was the next three minutes of Tim Vine's uh, stand-up set from the TV show One Night Stand. Now then, let's go through this. Okay, let's uh, let's learn from this. If you didn't understand all of that, it's time to do some learning. Yes. Okay, so let's move the video f- back to the beginning of the second part of his set. How are you, ladies and gentlemen? Are you okay? I understand that you heard some of that before. I know the first three minutes you'd already heard in several times before in the in another episode, but I thought I'd play it to you again for sort of uh, educational reasons, because listening to things again and again sometimes is a good way of like, you know, uh, helping you to acquire the language. Now, I know you'd already heard those jokes before, but uh, I, let, I played them to you again because I thought it'd be better for your learning. Look, I'm an English teacher, okay? Trust me. I, know, I do know what I'm doing. Right, so um, let's, let's just play uh, the sort of second part of that again, and uh, we'll break it down, okay? It's time to break it down uh, like this. Break it down like this! Okay, I just wanted to play that to you. Was that obvious? I don't know. Anyway, right, here we go. So he just did his It's Easy song, and then you hear him say, Banag, that's bang out of order. All right? (laughs) Banag, that's bang out of order. (laughs) Banag, that's bang out of order. Okay, well, first of all, he's showing us a sign that says the word banag written on it. That's B-N-A-G, which is the word bang, but with the letters in the wrong order. Okay? In fact, it's banag is bang out of order. All right? So, what's the double meaning? Well, there's an expression in English which is, that's bang out of order, that is. That's bang out of order, which is what you say when someone is behaving in an unacceptable way. 
Okay, that's bang out of order. Okay, um, let's see what would be an example of um, when you would say that's bang out of order. That is, mate. That's bang out of order. That is, like for example, if you see if a man um, insults a girl or a man insults a lady, um, and he's you know saying very rude and aggressive things to a girl in a pub, and you can say, excuse me, mate. That's bang out of order, that is. You shouldn't say those things to a girl, for example. That's bang out of order. Or another example would be um, if a, if you see a man kicking his dog. A, a man's got a dog and he kicks the dog. Like that. The poor little dog makes a little noise. And he's kicked the dog and you say, that's bang out of order, that is. You shouldn't kick a dog. That's just cruel. That's bang out of order. Okay. So if something is out of order, it means that it's just unacceptable behavior, like bad behavior. And if something's bang out of order, it means it's really unacceptable. That's quite colloquial. That's quite kind of slang-ish. It's kind of slang English, that is. That's bang out of order, that is. It's just a way of saying that's unacceptable behavior. So did you get the joke? He actually says, banag. That's bang out of order. Because literally, it is the word bang out of order. <laughs> The audience are loving that one. I don't know why I put myself through this. I don't know why I put myself through this. I don't know why I've put myself through this. Okay, now you should know that on the video he's taken a piece of cardboard, you know, like from a cardboard box. You know those boxes that you use if you're uh, if you've bought um, like I don't know if you've bought a PlayStation, it'll probably come in a cardboard box, and you open the box and you take the PlayStation out of the box. This, the material that that box is made from is cardboard. So he's got a piece of a cardboard box, just one piece of cardboard, in fact, with a hole in the middle of it, and he's put it over his head. He's put his head through the hole. Okay which is obviously a ridiculous thing to do. And then he said, I don't know why I've put myself through this. Because he's literally put himself through the hole. But I don't know why I've put myself through this is an expression in English, which is a, it's like a way of saying, I don't know why I'm doing this. Or I don't know why I'm doing this difficult thing. I don't know why I've put myself through this, to be honest. Like, I don't know why I've chosen to do this difficult and challenging thing. To put yourself through something means to do an ordeal, to do something that's kind of difficult and challenging. Um, I don't know why I've put myself through this. It's as if, um, like, you've given yourself a challenge and then in the middle of it, you're finding it very difficult and you think, why am I doing this? Why have I put myself through this? I mean, in a sense, like, Tim Vine might even be making a comment about uh, the, the routine that he's doing. I don't know why I've put myself through this, meaning I don't know why I've chosen to come up here and try and make you all laugh by saying ridiculous things. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. In fact, all he's done is put his head through a piece, a hole in a piece of cardboard, and then he's gone, I don't know why I've put myself through this. Because he's literally put his head through something, and also he's putting himself through a difficult situation. Okay. And I was in a die-hard film, and I used to shoot at people, and people shoot back at me. Yes, I'm Bruce Willis. I'm, I was in Sixth Sense. I'm a film star. I'm Bruce Willis. Sorry, I think I may have given you the wrong impression. <laughs> Sorry, I, may, I think I may have given you the wrong impression. Again, it means two things. So first of all, you hear him speaking in this kind of voice, and he's, I'm Bruce Willis. I was in the die-hard films. 
Okay. Now, obviously, that's not how Bruce Willis speaks. Um, so um, the the double meaning here is in the uh, phrase, I, I've given you the wrong impression. Now, to give someone an impression. All right. I've given you the wrong impression. On one hand, it could mean I've made you think the wrong thing or I've, I've made you think the wrong thing about me. For example, if you um, ask a girl to go for a drink and you say, Would you, do you fancy going for a drink? And you just want to have a drink. You just want to be friends. You just want to have a drink with this person because you're in town and you're not doing anything that evening and she seems interesting. So you say, do you want to have a drink? Okay, and it's innocent. But she thinks that you're asking her on a date and she thinks that you're making a move on her and she goes, no, I don't I don't think that would be appropriate, actually. I've got a husband or, or something like, uh, do you want to go for a drink? Um, no, I've got a boyfriend. It's like, oh, oh, sorry, I think I've given you the wrong impression. I didn't mean that. I just, I just wanted to know if you wanted a drink, nothing else. Oh, oh, all right, sorry. Well, sorry, I'm, I'm afraid I'm busy this evening anyway. Oh, okay. That's awkward, isn't it? I think I gave her the wrong impression. She thought that I wanted to sleep with her or something. I just wanted to have a drink because I've got nothing else to do tonight. Um, and I know she's got a boyfriend anyway. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't make a move on someone who's already in, in a relationship. Okay, so I gave her the wrong impression. So that's what. That means I've given you the wrong impression. Oh, sorry, I think I've given you the wrong impression, which means I think that you've understood, you've, you've, uh, I've made you think the wrong thing about me. But also, he's literally given the audience the wrong impression of Bruce Willis because this isn't how Bruce Willis speaks. Of course, Bruce Willis speaks in a different way. I can't give you a, a good Bruce Willis impression. Uh, yippee ki yay, mother, yippee ki. I'm not going to swear. Um, so. What am I saying? What am I talking about? That's it. I've given you the wrong impression. It means two things. I've given you the wrong Bruce Willis impression. And also, oh, sorry, I think I've given you the wrong impression, meaning I've made you think the wrong thing. Oh, God, it's difficult explaining this stuff. Did you get that, though? Did you get it? Sorry, I've given you the wrong impression. Literally, he gave us the wrong Bruce Willis impression. Okay. (laughs) So I went to the binoculars shop. I tell you what, they saw me coming. So I went to the binoculars shop. I'll tell you what, they saw me coming. Uh, that's a good gag. That's a good one. I went to the binoculars shop. Now, you know what you know what binoculars are, aren't Don't... I can't speak my language. Right, come on, Luke. Sort it out. Okay. Oh, I don't know why I put myself through this sometimes. I really don't. Anyway, um, I went to the binoculars shop. You know what binoculars are, don't you? Now, if you're interested in bird watching, if you like looking at birds, and I mean uh, the animal species, not the female uh, human type bird. No, uh, I mean if you enjoy look, if you enjoy ornithology, if you like uh, looking at birds and different species of birds, then how would you do it? You'd need a pair of binoculars. These are like those things that I don't know. If you're a submarine, if you're a submarine captain or a sailor, you might have binoculars as well. Anyway, they're like these two things that allow you to see uh, very far into the distance. Uh, and it's it, they're like glasses, but they're really long. Um, so they're heavy and they're black and you wear them r- around your neck and you hold them with both hands and you bring them up to your eyes and you can see into the distance. You can look all the way to the horizon with a pair of binoculars, okay? So they allow you to see long distances. So I went to the binoculars shop I tell you what, they saw me coming. Right. Now, obviously, they saw him coming. 
because they could see uh, because it's a binoculars shop. They have lots of binoculars, so they literally could see him coming from a distance. But also, they saw me coming is an expression which means that they gave him a bad price. They ripped him off. They gave him a bad price. So, um, for example, um, oh, let's say uh, I bought um, uh, well, something crap that you would buy. I bought um, an, an I bought an, a PlayStation One, like the original PlayStation, which nowadays doesn't it's not worth very much. Um, unless it's some sort of antique original first edition PlayStation One, just a normal PlayStation that it doesn't really uh, it's it's not worth anything anymore. You went to the shop and you bought a PlayStation One, and it cost you a hundred pounds. Obviously, that the price is too high. You should be paying no more than twenty pounds for a PlayStation. But you went in, you said, "Hello, I'd like to buy a, a computer game system, please." And they said, "Yeah, we've got one of these here." Um, and they they obviously took a look at you and and sort of went this guy this guy's got no idea what he's talking about uh, he doesn't know anything about computer games I think we're going to be able to yeah we can charge him a hundred pounds for a PlayStation he's got he doesn't know anything meaning they saw you coming it means they noticed that they would be able to charge me too much for the product okay uh, so they saw me coming all right um, all right so uh, meaning that he went to the binoculars shop and. They took him for a fool and they made him pay too much money. But also, they could see him from a distance because it's a binoculars shop. I went to the binoculars shop, tell you what, they saw me coming, um, which is another way. It's like a very colloquial way of saying, I tell you what, they gave me a really bad price. They ripped me off. Um, All right. (laughs) Of course, binoculars is plural and a singular is telescope. Binoculars is plural binoculars is plural and the singular is well it's not binocular it's telescope isn't it because a telescope is when there's just one you know like in uh like if you're a pirate pirates use telescopes modern day submarine captains use binoculars but pirates are all about telescopes you know telescope is just one of them and it's like you open it out and you have a look um that's a telescope so, it's a kind of a funny joke, isn't it? Don't you think? Binoculars and the singular telescope. Well, it's not. It's a binocular. But we don't say binocular. But I love language. This bloke said to me, he said, does every sentence have to contain a vegetable? I said, not necessarily. <laughs> okay. Does every sentence have to contain a vegetable? Does every sentence have to contain a vegetable? Obviously, a ridiculous question. Don't think about that too much. Does every sentence have to contain a vegetable? Well, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily. But he says not necessarily. Celery is a vegetable. And then there's words. The word mortar has two different meanings, as I discovered when the house I built blew itself up. <laughs> yeah, he's right. The word mortar does have two different meanings because there's bricks and mortar. Uh, when you build a house, you, you use bricks. And then the mortar is the stuff that joins the bricks together. It helps to stick the bricks together. That's mortar, right? Bricks and mortar. Uh, The mortar is the stuff between the bricks. It helps to stick the bricks together. But also mortar is used in uh, war. It's a kind of weapon. Uh, A mortar is a way of firing a grenade into the air so it then lands a distance away from you, okay? You've seen them in the movies and stuff. A mortar is like like a tube, 
um, and you, you, you drop the grenade into the tube and the mortar <laughs> fires the grenade into the air and then it, it lands on the battlefield. <laughs> okay. That's a mortar. All right. So he said mortar has two meanings, as I discovered when the house I bought uh, exploded, um, which suggests that <laughs> what the mortar in the house was actually the other kind of mortar. All right. Don't think about it too much um, until uh, just understand it. Move on. So I went down to a local pub. Do you like local jokes? Yeah, me too. They're right up my street. <laughs> All right, then. Do you like local jokes? Yeah, me too. They're right up my street. Okay, now here's an expression for you. It's right up my street. If something is right up your street, it's your kind of thing. Okay? Um, Now, you already know the expression, it's not my cup of tea, which is like, it's not my kind of thing. It's not the kind of thing I like. It's not my cup of tea. All right? Um, Now, we don't usually say, it's my cup of tea. We don't usually use that expression in the positive it's usually in the negative. It's not my cup of tea. Like, you know, science fiction just isn't my cup of tea, for example. Um, but um, if, you, if you're looking for a phrase that we can use in a positive, affirmative sentence, you could say, it's right up my street. That's right up my street, meaning that's exactly the kind of thing that I like. Uh, so the joke is, do you like local jokes? Me too, they're right up my street. So of course, it's, it means that he likes local jokes, but also... They're local jokes. Local, it's right up my street. Local, okay. So I went down to a local pub. Do you like local jokes? Yeah, me too. They're right up my street. I walked in, there's a very drunk man slumped in a chair and he looked at me. He said, he said what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a comedian. He said, I admire anyone who can stand up. <laughs> okay. So I went into a pub and there was a very drunk man slumped in a chair. And the, you know the way a very drunk man might be sitting in a chair, he'd be like slumped, meaning um, sort of his legs open and he's lying in a, with sort of bad posture. He's not sitting upright. He's sitting back in the chair because he's drunk. He's slumped in the chair. Um, and, um, and he said, what do you do? And I said, I'm a comedian. And the man said, I admire anyone who can stand up. Pause. So the point is that we expect that sentence to continue. Because that's quite a common phrase. I, I admire anyone who can stand up and try and tell... I'll start that again. I admire anyone who can stand up and try and make people laugh. Or I admire anyone who can stand up and speak in front of a room full of people. I admire anyone who can stand up and do something. Uh, but in this case, because this man is just drunk, he admires anyone who can just stand up. Okay. But the way that Tim Vine says it, he kind of leaves it hanging because you expect the sentence to continue as it typically does after that phrase. I admire anyone who can stand up. Oh, just anyone who can stand up. Okay. I said, I bet you can't name a single subject I don't have a joke about. He said, beavers. I said, damn. I bet you can't name any joke. Uh, I bet you can't name any subject that I don't have a joke about. And he said, beavers. And I went, damn. Okay. So uh, he's challenging the guy to name a subject that he doesn't have a joke about. And the man names the subject of beavers. Now, beavers are animals and they live where? Where do they live? Canada. There's a lot of beavers in Canada, I think. Um, and beavers live in rivers. They're mammals. They're, they're like uh, brown and they swim around in rivers. They've got like a wide tail, which helps them to swim. And what do beavers do? They like to uh, chew on wood. They 
kind of uh, use their teeth to cut down trees. They gnaw, they gnaw at trees until the tree comes down, and then typically they they collect all of the branches together and they put the the wood together in the middle of the river to create a dam. A dam is something that blocks the flow of water in a river. And beavers typically nest and make their homes in these big piles of wood in rivers and we call that a dam, okay? Also humans make dams as well. We make hydroelectric dams which are used to control the flow of water through a river and typically we make a dam in order to control the water flow and use it to generate electricity or to um, sort of reduce the amount of water that flows through the river. So that's a dam. So uh, I bet you can't think of a subject that I don't have a joke about. Beavers. Dam. So dam also, dam is the the punchline. That's the thing with two meanings. Uh, One meaning of dam is the thing that beavers make in a river. And the other meaning of dam is just the swear word. Oh, dam. Okay. All right. I think you get that one, right? I think you do. (laughs) Do you know, I did a gig the other day. It went really badly. And um, yeah, cheers. And uh, I walked off stage. All I could hear was the sound of one person clapping. And then I remembered I was wearing (laughs) flip-flops. Okay, it's a good joke. I think, in my opinion, very good joke. So I did a, a gig the other day. You remember the word gig? It's like a, a comedy show, a, um, a performance. I did a gig the other day and uh, and it went really badly. Um, and uh, he said, oh yeah, cheers, because apparently someone in the audience didn't care or someone in the audience laughed at him. Um, so I did a gig the other day and it went really badly. Yeah, cheers. Um and um, as I was walking off stage, there was just one person clapping. And then I realised I was wearing flip-flops. Okay, so in fact, nobody was clapping. And the sound that he could hear was just the sound of his flip-flops uh, hitting the back of his feet. So flip-flops are those kind of plastic or rubber sandals that you wear sometimes in the summertime uh, or on the beach. And it's like a plastic uh, or rubber um, sandal and they attach to your feet through tongs that go through your toes. And so when you walk, they slap against the underside of your feet. You know, flip-flops, as you walk. And it makes a clapping sound. So in fact, nobody was was clapping. It wasn't one person clapping. It was just the sound of the flip-flops on his feet as he walked off the stage. It's kind of a sad story and also a bit ridiculous. Why was he wearing flip-flops on the stage? That's not really part of the joke, but just the... Just the fact that uh, the one person clapping was, in fact, the sound of his flip-flops. ...and clapping, and then I remembered I was wearing flip-flops. <laughs> didn't make sense the night before I did a gig to a whole load of reindeers. Slayed them. <laughs> oh, dear, that's a terrible joke. I did a gig the night before to a whole bunch of reindeers, and I slayed them. Oh, <laughs> God. Um, right. Now, um, a, a reindeer is a, it's one of those Christmas animals. Uh, Father Christmas, Santa Claus, uh, travels around with um, some reindeer. They're like deer that carry his uh, sleigh around, you know? They're like these animals that live in the forest. Reindeers, they've got antlers, and one of them's called Rudolph, and he's got a red nose. And so Santa Claus has reindeers, and they pull him around uh, on his uh, sleigh, okay? Now, to slay Oh, God. (laughs) Sleigh. Okay. A sleigh is the kind of vehicle that reindeers carry. 
the, the, the reindeer's pull. Reindeer's pull a sleigh. You know, Santa rides around on a sleigh at Christmas time with all his gifts and stuff. Reindeers pull the sleigh. Okay. Um, but also, to slay something is to kill something. Okay. To slay a dragon, for example, is to kill a dragon. So, um, in comedy, when you make the audience laugh, you can say that you killed the audience. You, you know, we use words like kill, smash the audience. Um, and things like that. So what he's saying is he did a gig in front of a room full of reindeers and he slayed them. It's a terrible joke. And then he does a little dance because the joke is not very good. So he does like a funny little dance, which apparently makes the joke funnier. <laughs> that move improves the joke, that does. Doesn't work with all of them. But you know, the first job I ever had in this business, I was playing the back half of a pantomime wasp. And uh, I thought I was the bee's knees. <laughs> I was playing the back half of a pantomime wasp. Okay, so uh, in, in a pantomime, this is a kind of uh, uh, ridiculous comedy th- piece of theatre that we have uh, at Christmas time. And every town in the UK will put on a pantomime. And it's just a ridiculous farcical theatre play, which happens at Christmas. Okay, And in the play, there are stupid costumes and all sorts of stupid things happening on the stage. Um, and so he normally we have a pantomime horse, which is a horse costume with two people. One person's the front and the other person's the back of the horse. But in this case, he had a, he, he was playing a pantomime wasp. A wasp is an insect that is uh, black and yellow. Black and yellow, okay? Um, and it looks a bit like a bee. It's not a bee. It looks like a bee, but it's not a bee, okay? You know what I'm talking about. Bees, they make honey. Wasps, uh, they're just annoying they don't seem to contribute anything. I'm sure they have some role in the ecosystem. Uh, but anyway, um, so uh, I've, I've mentioned wasps and bees on Luke's English podcast before, right? You remember, don't you? Of course you do. Uh, bees are the good guys because they make honey and wasps are the bad guys because they sting you and, and they can carry on stinging you. Anyway, so he was in a pantomime and he played the back end of a pantomime wasp and he thought he was the bee's knees. Okay. Now, if you think you're the bee's knees, it means you think you're great. Because in English, if something is the bee's knees, then it means it's fantastic. Okay. Um, So, um, you know, I thought I was the bee's knees. I thought I was fantastic. But because he was playing the back end of a pantomime wasp, he thought he was the bee's knees. Because the, the uh, because he was the back end of a wasp. So I imagine he was like the part of the wasp that he was responsible for was the back end. So that included the legs, which obviously include the knees. So he was the, I thought I was the bee's knees. Do you know, the other day I got lost in the jungle. Luckily I had a compass with me, so I was able to draw perfect circles with a pencil. See, the, the other day he got lost in the jungle, but he had a compass with him. Now we all think he means a compass that will tell you which direction is north. You know, north, south, east, west. As you turn, the compass moves around because it's based on magnets and stuff like that. All right. So that's a compass. So if you get lost, you need a compass. But there's another meaning of the word uh, compass. So compass has got two meanings. One is the thing that tells you north, south, east and west. The other thing is something that you would use in geometry or mathematics. And it's a, a thing that helps you to draw a perfect circle. We used to have them at school, remember? Um, 
you open the compass up and there's a spike at one end and then at the other end there's a little bit where you stick a pencil you have a pencil in the in the other end and you stick the spike down and you you draw you turn it round and it draws a perfect circle that's another kind of compass so we've got the compass for telling you which direction and the compass for drawing a circle uh, and so he was lost in the jungle but it was all right because he had a compass which meant that he could draw a perfect circle uh okay it's obviously not it doesn't mean anything more than that. It's just that we expected him to say, I had a compass, so I, I managed to, to to find my way home. But instead, in fact, it turns out that he had another kind of compass which allowed him to, to make a circle. But what's the point of drawing a perfect circle in the jungle? So really, that's not something you need to think about very much. It's just that we expect him to talk about one kind of compass and he ends up talking about another kind of compass and the instant sort of surprise or the instant switch of context is just kind of amusing do you know the other day i got lost in the jungle luckily i had a compass with me so i was able to draw perfect circles with a pencil (laughs) a small blue garden bird made of mahogany okay so he's just removed out of his bag a small blue garden bird made of mahogany. So um, we have certain types of garden bird in the UK, and maybe the most common type of garden bird is a tit. That's right, a tit, uh, which means that, um, you know, you might at some point in England look out of the window and go, look at those tits, um, meaning look at those uh, small garden birds, not look at those uh, other things that you might look at. Anyway, um, so to be clear, he's just pulled out of his bag, a small garden bird made of mahogany. So he's pulled out a big, uh, a small wooden tit, okay, a blue tit made of wood. And he says, a small uh, garden bird made of mahogany. Be great if I had a related joke. It would be great if I had a related joke. It would be great if I had a related joke. And then the next thing he's going to say is, wouldn't it? It would be great, wouldn't it? But also, this is a wooden tit. Okay. Wooden tit. A small blue garden bird made of mahogany. Be great if I had a related joke. Wooden tit. can sometimes be lots of fun I think you get this one right so I mean it's pretty clear what the joke is here that again a bit like it's easy in this one you imagine the song to continue with other lyrics but considering the song is about waiting is sometimes what is it waiting can sometimes be lots of fun and you expect the next line to come but of course it doesn't because the song is all about waiting yeah and every time you expect him to sing he doesn't but not always This is really, this is really creepy. Watch this. Watch. 
Okay, that's not going to work on audio. You have to watch the video for that one. And therefore, I'm not going to explain it because it's just a visual gag. If you want to check it out, you need to go to the page for this episode and watch the video. All right, let's carry on. Do you know, I had a friend who was always taking a mickey at me for having a pay-as-you-go phone. He was always going, you've got a pay-as-you-go phone, you've got a pay-as-you-go phone. So eventually I took out a contract and I had him killed. (laughs) Right, I really like that joke. That's a great joke, okay? So uh, a couple of things you need to know to understand it. So a friend of mine was always making fun of me because I had a pay-as-you-go phone. Now, in the UK, you've got two types of mobile phone contract. So you can have a a pay-as-you-go phone or you can have a monthly contract phone. So either you're pay-as-you-go or you're on a contract, basically. Um, So if if you've got pay-as-you-go, it means that you you buy a certain number of uh, minutes of talking time. And then when those minutes of talking time have run out, you need to top up. Okay, Um, so basically you pay and go. You pay as you go. You pay as you use the, 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 the phone. So the more you talk, the more credit you need to purchase on an ad hoc basis, all right? That's pay as you go. And the other one is a contract. And if you have a contract, it means you pay the same amount every month. It's a fixed amount, but you just, you know, you have a, a fixed number of, of minutes of talking time. So you don't have to keep topping up your credit. You can just pay one monthly amount and you get a fixed number of minutes and that's it. Okay, and it probably works like that for like 12 months or 24 months or something like that. So that's if you take out a contract, you sign a contract and you just get that fixed amount with a fixed number of minutes. That's a contract phone. Okay, so a friend of mine was always making fun of me because I had a pay as you go phone. And he kept saying, you got a pay as you go phone, you got a pay as you go phone. Because apparently it's you tend to the people who have a pay as you go phone are usually ones who don't have much money. You know, it's like it's a the status is a bit lower. Uh, it's a bit sort of uncool to have a pay-as-you-go phone because it means you don't have much money, basically, all right? So a friend of mine was always making fun of me, saying, you've got a pay-as-you-go phone, you've got a pay-as-you-go phone. So I took out a contract and I had him killed. Now, this is because of the expression, I took out a contract. It's got two meanings. One meaning is the mobile phone contract, but also I took out a contra- contract can mean I asked an assassin to kill someone, okay? To take out a contract, yeah, it just means that you um, take out a contract on someone's life. So you pay an assassin to kill someone, okay? Just two meanings of the, you know, the expression means two things. And I quite like that because it works both ways, you know? I took out a contract means that I bought a a, a mobile phone contract, but also I took out a contract means that I, uh, you know, I had the guy killed because he was so annoying, so I th- I, that's my kind of joke because it works both ways. I think that's a very good joke. Do you know, I had a friend who was always taking a mickey at me for having a pay-as-you-go phone. He was always going, you've got a pay-as-you-go phone, you've got a pay-as-you-go phone. So eventually I took out a contract and I had him killed. <laughs> so I said to this bloke, I said, me and some friends have just been talking about you. He said, you disgust me. I said, yes, we did. <laughs> Another brilliant joke. Um, oh, what was it? Uh, I said to my friend, "You, me and my friends were talking about you. And he said, you disgust me. And I said, yes, we did. So I said to this bloke, I said, me and some friends have just been talking about you. He said, you disgust me. I said, yes, we did. 
Right, that's good, isn't it? Because you disgust me means two things. You disgust me means I, I find you disgusting. I think you're disgusting. You disgust me. And also, you disgust me means you had a discussion about me. You disgust me. Uh, so me and my friends were have been talking about you. You disgust me. Yes, we did. Very good. <laughs> he said, next time you're asleep, I'm going to wake you up. I said, that's disturbing. <laughs> Next time you're asleep, I'm going to wake you up. That's disturbing. So uh, double meaning of that's disturbing. On one hand, it means that's worrying. Like I'm worried about that. That's that's making me feel uncomfortable. I feel disturbed. That's disturbing. Like if something's troubling you, you could say it's disturbing. Like, you know, if you hear a, a, a strange noise in the middle of the night and it starts to trouble your mind, oh, that's a bit disturbing. Or if you, if you hear, if you see some horrible pictures of like you know people getting killed on the news you could say that you could say that's disturbing but also to disturb someone means to interrupt something that they're doing sorry to disturb you but can i just ask you a question for example all right or you know i woke up because i got disturbed by something in the middle of the night you know or you could say you know we were climbing in the mountains and we disturbed a bear that was sleeping all right so that means to interrupt it uh, so it means two things. One, to trouble you, to worry you, to worry your mind, to make you feel worried and troubled. And on the other hand, it means to interrupt someone. Um, okay, so... Um, Asked me. I said, yes, we did. <laughs> he said, next time you're asleep, I'm going to wake you up. I said, that's disturbing. That's <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> Oh, you know, I've nearly finished filling in my CV. Just got to do that little bit there. Another visual joke. I've nearly finished filling in my CV. Now, in English, you fill in your CV. Your CV, obviously, is your uh, resume, your curriculum vitae, which is full of all your uh, experience and your, your job uh, experience, your, your, your qualifications, your work experience and, and uh, your interests and things. It's the, the, the document that you give to potential employers to help you get a job, your CV. And in English, you complete your CV or you fill in your CV, which just means that you write all the content contents of your CV. But also to fill something in could mean to colour, to colour something in. Like if you have an outline of a picture, you would fill the uh, outline with colour. So if you're colouring something, you fill it in with colour. And he's got a piece of paper with the letters CV and he's coloured them black, except for a little bit in the corner of the letter V, which he still hasn't finished. So he said, I've nearly finished filling in my CV. Uh, and he doesn't mean filling in it, filling it in with words. He means actually colouring the letters CV. Hilarious. Oh, you know, I've nearly finished filling in my CV. Just got to do that little bit there. <laughs> I think perhaps my worst invention was this rubber band wind chime. <laughs> my worst invention was this rubber band wind chime. So he's got a wind chime. Uh, you know, a wind chime, you might hang it outside your house in your back garden and it's made of little bits of metal. And as the wind blows, the metal uh, knocks together and it's tink, 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 it makes a tinkling sound. Tink, 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 like that. It's a nice relaxing sound. It's a wind chime. But here he's made a wind chime out of rubber bands, which obviously is not going to work because rubber bands don't make any noise when they rub against the earth, when they knock against each other. I've just realised that you haven't heard any of this stuff yet. Um, this is the, the the sort of the last part of the routine, which you haven't heard. So I think I will I'll play the rest of it. Uh, how much time is there? 
Oh, I'm a little bit out of sorts in this episode. It's been a long day, and um, um, like this episode is getting a bit long. I think I'm just going to play you the rest of this. Um, I don't have time to do to teach you the rest of it. You know me; I like to be complete about things, but sometimes it's just not possible. And ultimately, you know, it's a free podcast, so you get what you pay for. Um, anyway, I'm going to play you uh, the rest of the routine, and um, I, I think that. That's probably going to be it. I don't think I'm going to have time to to explain the rest of it. You're probably thinking, oh, really? Oh, really, Luke? Really? Really? Why? 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 Maybe you're doing it like that. I don't know. Why, Luke? Why? I've just explained why. That's why. I don't have time. But why don't you have time, Luke? Because I'm not Doctor Who. Why aren't you Doctor Who? Can you just be Doctor Who, please? I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, Who is Doctor Who? You might be thinking. (laughs) Oh, go back and listen to episode 16. Then you'll understand. Is it episode 16? I don't know what's going on anymore. I'm getting confused now. Even me. I thought that the idea of this episode was that you would be confused and I would help you understand. But in fact, I'm the one who's getting confused just because I'm tired and um, and various other things. And I keep receiving messages on my phone that are distracting me and other things like that. So I'm going to play you the rest of Tim Vine's routine. And uh, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll see how much time I have left. But if I don't get to explain the rest of the jokes, then I'll sort of write some brief explanations on the web page. Yeah. Anyway, here's the rest of his routine. <laughs> All right, pipe down. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to attempt something for you now. It's called pen behind the ear. Okay. Actually, I'm going to have to explain pen behind the ear. This is just a... I can't really explain it. Uh, It's difficult to explain this. But basically, he's got a box of pens. And it's like some sort of stupid challenge where he has to try and throw the pens into the air and land one of them behind his ear. And it's the kind of thing that you would do if you were bored in the office and you had nothing better to do. Like if you just wanted to avoid doing work, you might try and throw pens in the air and see if you could land one of them. So it lands behind your ear and stays there. And so Tim Vine has created this sort of uh, dramatic little routine called Pen Behind the Ear. And there's music as well. The song is called Pen Behind the Ear and it's all very dramatic. And he throws the pens and uh, he keeps throwing them and he keeps missing. He keeps missing and the music gets more and more dramatic. And the, I mean, I guess the funny thing is that it's completely pointless. Why is he trying to throw a pen behind his ear? We don't know. But it's very dramatic and he keeps doing it. And uh, the look on his face is quite funny. And um, he drops them all on the floor and then he just bends down and picks up all the pens and he starts again. So you have to see it, really. Hit the music, please! <laughs> So he didn't manage to do it, and oh, he's disappointed. And you can see on his face, he... (laughs) 
it's like he's a failure. So he picks up all the pens off the ground. He picks them all up again, and he signals to the man in the in the back room to start the music again. Finally, at the end, he actually manages to get the pen behind his ear. Um, okay. All right, there's only a minute, about a minute and 20 seconds left in the video. So, okay then, all right, I'll carry on and I'll, I'll just keep explaining the jokes as you hear them. And then you can go to the website and watch the whole video. And hopefully then you'll understand the whole thing. And uh, it might be slightly more enjoyable than it has been listening to me struggle to explain uh, Tim Vine's jokes. But anyway, let's carry on. Because to be honest with you, um, it doesn't belong to me. I didn't bring it with me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'll leave you with this. That's something that comedians always say near the end of their set. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll leave you with this, meaning I'll say this and then I will leave. But as he said that, he had his hand on the microphone stand. So he said, ladies and gentlemen, I'll leave you with this. And then he lifts it up and he says, oh, because to be honest, it's not mine. Um, it, uh, it was, you know, I didn't bring it with me. Uh-huh. I'll leave you with the, I'll leave you with this. Meaning I'm going to say my last joke now. But also he's holding the microphone stand and saying, I'm not going to take this with me. Yes. Okay. Are you still with me, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, I hope so. All right. Okay, let's carry on. Beach, I walked into the waves holding a tub of taramasalata. Bloke said to me, he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm taking a dip in the sea. <laughs> hey, that's a good joke. All right, so uh, I was walking on the beach w- with a, uh, a tub of taramasalata. What? Uh, well, how did he tell the joke? <laughs> so I was standing on the beach, I walked into the waves holding a tub of taramasalata. Okay, I was standing on the beach and I walked into the waves holding a tub of taramasalata. What is taramasalata? It's a kind of dip, you know? Like we have certain types of dip, like you've got hummus and taramasalata. You might get a piece of uh, carrot or a piece of bread and you dip it into the taramasalata and then you eat the carrot. Yum, yum, yum. Delicious. So it's a dip. So, you know, at parties or at a dinner party, you might, before the main meal, you might have uh, some dips and these are just like little sauces or things that you can take carrot or cucumber or bread and you dip it in and then you eat it. So it's a dip. All right. So I was standing on the beach uh, and uh, I walked into the waves holding a tub of taramasalata. And a man said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm taking a dip in the sea. OK. He said to me, he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm taking a dip in the sea. <laughs> Uh, you get that though, right? I, 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 I'm taking a dip in the sea. So two meanings, right? I'm taking it literally, I'm taking a dip like a, a, a tub of taramasalata. But also I'm taking a dip in the sea means I'm going to go into the sea for a bit. Because you can dip yourself in the sea, you see. Dip, I'm taking a dip in the sea. Yeah, all right. So I'm steering a yacht with my stomach muscles. Abseiling. <laughs> <laughs> oh... 
Tim, really. I was stir. I, I was what? I was steering a yacht with my stomach muscles. All right. Now sailing, we know what sailing is. It's like you know, controlling a boat, steering a boat through the water. Sailing. I was steering a boat with my uh, stomach muscles. Abseiling. Okay. Now um, abs are your stomach muscles, your abdominals, or your abs. Uh, abseiling is actually something else. That's when you uh, climb down a mountain. You know, you sort of climb down a mountain backwards, and you um, uh, you've got like a rope that's attached at the top and you let the rope move through um, some sort of uh, pulley system and you can sort of walk down the mountain backwards or jump down it. You know, you know what I mean? Like SAS people do it before they break into a building to rescue hostages, that sort of thing. Abseiling down a building. So anyway, I was abseiling, controlling a boat with my stomach muscles. Uh, It's kind of a Poor joke, that one, but never never mind. And this farmer came up to me, he said, I've got 68 sheep, can you round them up for me? I said, sure, 70. <laughs> oh my God, I've got 68 sheep, could you round them up for me? Now, with numbers, you might round, uh, you, you might round up a number. So, you know, we like our numbers to be even, right? So, you know, you like a number to be like 65 or 70. These are nice round numbers, okay? 68 is not a very round number. So you want to round it up or round it down. If you round it up, it means you go up to the nearest sort of round number. So in this case, uh, you go up from um, 68 to 70 because 70 is a round number. So you round it up. Okay, like when you're doing mathematics or sums, or if you're calculating someone's score, you might round it up or round it down. In this case, round it up. But also, uh, the expression to round something up means to collect all of the items and bring them together. Like, particularly something like sheep. You'd like go round and collect all the sheep together in one place to round up the sheep. Okay, you might also, uh, police might round up some criminals. You know, uh, or you might round up um, uh, some some sheep that have escaped. You go around and you you collect them all together. So it means two things: to round up the number and to round something round round up the sheep, meaning collect them all. Um, okay. For me, how's it sure seventy? <laughs> so uh, I need to repeat that. And this farmer came up to me. He said, "I've got sixty-eight sheep. Can you round them up for me?" I said, "Sure, seventy." <laughs> Okay, all right. I've got 68 sheep. Could you round them up for me? Yeah, sure. 70. All right. But I've got to be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think I'm going to be doing this job for much longer. Thank you. Not enough of you and too long a pause, but... um... Not enough of you and too long a pause. That means that uh, in... I've got to be honest with you, I don't think I'm going to be doing this job for much longer. Ah. Now, of course, he expected them all to say ah. Because if you go to a stand-up comedy show, there are certain things that the audience um, understands that they have to do. Like, for example, if... It's kind of like three, maybe three things, three possible responses, um, three or four possible responses from the audience. Obviously, the first one is just laughter and just enjoyment and maybe applause if you think something's really funny. Second thing is, if someone says something that's a bit sad and requires your sympathy, then you'll go, ah, you know, like, oh, you know, my girlfriend left me, ah, or I got fired, ah, right? 
Another thing is people might go, ooh, like that, like, ooh, like painful sound if you've told a particularly bad joke. It's called cringing. Oh, you know, like, oh, this farmer said to me, I've got 68 sheep. Could you round them up for me? Sure. 70. Oh, like that. So that's cringing. That's the third thing. The fourth thing, what would be the fourth response? Uh, uh, what's the, what would be the fourth? Maybe just sort of, maybe heckling in a comedy show. Uh, maybe just shouting out abuse at the comedian. That may be the fourth thing, which happens sometimes. But anyway, he said, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think I'm going to be doing this job for much longer. And of course, he expected them all to go, oh. And then he said, um, too long a pause and not enough sympathy. And it's like his way of saying, you didn't say ah convincingly enough. Uh, but that's not the joke. And I don't think I'm going to be doing this job for much longer. Aww. Thank you. Not enough of you in too long a pause. But um, <laughs> what concerns me is that one day I'll wind up an old man and he'll attack me. <laughs> okay. What concerns me is that one day I'll wind up an old man. And we think he means I will end up an old man. If you wind up something or you wind up doing something, it means, you know, the same as you end up doing something, meaning that you just find yourself in a situation at the end of a process that uh, that y- y- you don't necessarily choose to do something, but you just find yourself in that situation. So um, I'm worried that one day I'll wind up an old man. And it sounds like he's telling us a sad story about he doesn't want to um, end up being an old man on stage telling telling jokes, you know? It's a young man's game. So he's saying, I, I don't think I'm going to be doing this job much longer because I'm worried that one day I might wind up an old man. Meaning, I'll be an old man doing this. And we, and, and we understand that. But then he says, uh, one day I might wind up an old man and he'll attack me. Because to wind up an old man means two things. One meaning is like to become an old man. The other meaning is to make an old man angry. Like to wind someone up means to make someone really angry. Stop winding me up. You're always winding me up. Right. So uh, I don't think I'll be doing this job very much longer. Uh, oh, um, too long a pause and not enough of you. Uh, no, I won't be doing this long, much longer because I'm worried that I might wind up an old man and then he'll attack me. Okay. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been a sensational audience. Thanks for coming along tonight. Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been a sensational audience. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Luke's English Podcast, which has been a little shambolic at times, but we got through it, didn't we, ladies and gents? Yes, we did. We got through it, and we emerged on the other side victorious. And uh, I hope that you have learned some things in the process. Uh, Don't forget to visit teacherluke.co.uk, where you can see that video. Uh, which uh, if I think if you watch it, you'll you'll understand quite a lot after having listened to all of that. Um, that's it, really. I'm going to cut this episode off here at this point, um, so it doesn't drag on for too much longer. Uh, there'll be more stuff coming your in your direction from Luke's English Podcast in the near future. Don't forget to leave your comments and stuff at teacherluke.co.uk. Um, send me your photographs for the Luke's English Podcast photo competition. The 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 Ending date for that is the, is the 15th of January 2016. So you've got some time. 
podcastcomp at gmail.com. Send your photos there. Just remember, there has to be something in the photo to show that you're listening, like a pair of headphones, uh, the logo on a computer screen, or even just your face with headphones in, uh, having a fantastic time learning and enjoying listening to Luke's English podcast. Okay, send me your photos. Uh, that's it. Speak to you again soon. Thank you very much for listening. Speak to you again soon. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.